Hey there, this is Sophie Dalton, and I'm welcoming you to the Soulful Warrior Podcast, where we go deep in money, business, spirituality, activism, and living your purpose so that you can go live life on your own damn terms. Follow me on my journey to creating a million-dollar business based on the concept of empowering the divine feminine. Listen closely, and you just might watch all of your craziest dreams come true as we go. Let's do this. All right, Ashley, well, welcome to the Soulful Warrior podcast. I'm so excited to have you here for about 100 million reasons, but I think six months ago, we actually met in person, and so you have been somebody that has been so fun to grow alongside with. God bless the internet for allowing us to be able to to connect like on this crazy journey, so if you would like to introduce yourself and what you do to my audience, have at it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk with you. And yeah, like you said, it was so, so serendipitous that we met, you know, however long ago it was. Um, So yeah, I'm Ashley Hoffman. I am the founder, CEO, and chief content strategist at Heroana. And we are a uh, newly rebranded small storytelling agency. And we really focus on helping ambitious, powerful female founders tell a story that helps get their like get them connected to their customers which ultimately grows their business and to kind of put that a little bit more tangibly that basically means you know everything from figuring out your brand strategy to actually telling that story across your website social media uh, and content marketing to get more leads and, and grow your sales funnel and all that good stuff so um yeah that's kind of in a nutshell the main thing that I do. Yeah. And I just want, I just remembered that when we first met, like the very first time we met at the time I was doing personal branding and you're doing the, the graphic designer copywriting um, side of personal branding. So we, we essentially had this very similar title, but when we met, there was no competition between us. We immediately were like, we were like trading, you know, trading tips and encouraging each other. And, and I just think that that is like, that is feminine business. And then that's exactly what your mission is, is using your skill to help women to, to boost us all up as we go. Right. Cause there just doesn't have to be competition. For sure. That's a hundred percent what I believe in. There's, there was you. Um, and I think now our roles have have taken different roads, which is great. But even when they were the same, I never felt that feeling of like, oh my God, she's going to steal my client. Um, and like, there's oh even God, another, get away from this girl. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I should not tell her anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another girl actually who um, even now she does something very similar um, that I do, but we, we collaborate all the time. We even recently did a workshop together just mm-hmm. because you know, I firmly believe that it's not just the services you offer, but everything from, you know, your personality, whether that's your business personality, your brand personality to yourself, um, especially if you're a freelancer or solopreneur, you know, that's also going to be a huge part of it. Your tone of voice, you know, being writers, that's going to be different. So even though it might look the same on the outside, the second you get to really know your clients and know your audience and all that good stuff, there are so many differences that even if there were competition, there's really not. So um, I firmly believe in collaboration and I've seen that happen time after time. Um, and especially with female founders, which is partially why I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so, um, 
that's so amazing to to actually feel like it's something that, that I think you it's easy to talk about but then to actually feel it because I've I grew up in sports you know where where we I was always on a team but there was this always this like subliminal competition and like one upsmanship of each other and but but like really like actually shifting into abundance mindset in the field in which you're you're making your money is an incredible it's like the it's like putting your personal development out into the world um and it's so it's so real because women are creating businesses five times faster than men are right now so we truly have like in this market like this quote-unquote market of supporting each other we there is more than enough space for everybody yeah so i would love to talk about you like in the, just so people know how, how this works in the pre-interview for, for the interview on the podcast, you brought up some incredibly important topics like, um, building a business with a panic disorder and how sexual assault has, has like created you into the type of person who wants to focus on powerful women. And I just so freaking love that you led with these important topics because that's like, like, sure, we're building businesses and we're making money. And like, we're, especially as copywriters, like, like branding people, we're supporting other people in their mission, but there's always got to be something much deeper underneath that. So yeah, if you don't mind speaking to it, like how that <laughs> has come about for you. Yeah. So I guess just like a brief, like context and background to that. So College was a really interesting time for me, um, even before that. So I grew up, uh, I was a homeschooled kid, and I went to public high school. But before that, um, I was homeschooled my entire life and, you know, was brought up in a very, like, religious and strict environment. And so college for me was a time where, I guess, like a lot of people, I was really looking to find myself and um, grow into who I was as a, as a person outside of my family um, and just kind of like who Ashley Hoffman is. And with all of that, there were just, it was just a roller coaster of, a, of an experience. I started out my first two years in college at a public university and I, well, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but that's common. And while I was kind of doing that, I was, you know, working a full-time job and, you know, I, I started working when I was uh, old enough to legally work, basically. I uh, worked at a pizza shop in high school. And back then I would have a lot of panic attacks at work, but I, I just thought that was normal. Like, I just thought like, yeah, you know, it's really busy. And of course, I'm going to be stressed out because, you know, there's a lot of customers and they need their pizza. And I don't know, I just thought it was normal. But um, people kind of got to know me as I worked my way up to a, like a shift leader. Um, you know, that was, it just became more and more difficult to communicate with my team and uh, to help make sure things were not chaotic. Um, and so I had a lot of panic attacks then, but I didn't have a name for it. So then in college, I, the panic attacks got so bad where at, there was a certain point where I just could not keep food down. I was, you know, constantly just like feeling really, really sick. My stomach was always hurting, just always. It was, I couldn't focus in class. I was not sleeping anymore. And there was just a point where, you know, there was blood where it shouldn't be. And I was, it was just, it was just bad. Um, so I took myself to the emergency room at like three in the morning at one night. And I remember I woke up and my roommate was like, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm fine. I just, I feel like I'm going to die, but <laughs> I'm going to go to the emergency room. So I took myself there and they literally told me like, 
we don't know what's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're totally fine. Here, take this like Advil if you feel like you're in pain. And then here's a $250 bill and we'll send you in a taxi home because now you can't drive for some reason. Um, so there was that. And, and after that, I went to the on-campus doctor and because I was thinking I had like an ulcer or something. So I was like, there has to be something wrong with me. And they said, well, we're pretty sure you have some like stress disorder. So we're going to send you to the psychologist. So they sent me to a psychologist and I talked to you know, my th first therapist who was not, um, I did not, I don't know. He was one of those kinds of guys who just sat there and stared at me and waited for me to talk. And I didn't know what to say. And I was like, okay, this is really awkward. Um, they also put me to a psychologist who diagnosed me with a panic disorder. And um, so they basically prescribed me like a ton of pills and, you know, any long story short, I was on a bunch of pills and there it was. So then I went back to regular class schedule uh, and stayed on the pills for a little while. Then uh, a little bit later on, so this was freshman year of uh, my sophomore year of college, I was really naive and I was, uh, you know, still a virgin and everything. And so I, you know, just hung out with guys and went out on dates on them. And I, I had this misplaced trust, I think, in, in random strangers. Um, and so I invited one over that I didn't know. I just met him like on Facebook. I invited two to my apartment. I had, I lived in an apartment with three guys at the time. Um, one of them being my brother and uh invited him over and he was like drunk so I like let him stay the night and then the next morning like he just like I was half asleep and like he just took advantage of me and I told him like no I don't want to do this like I don't know you and I don't want to do this and I was half asleep and um there was a lot to it and then later that you know I had to go to work that day I worked in retail so I just like he left afterwards and I was like okay and didn't really know how I was supposed to feel so I just went to work and did the normal thing um and then I told my boss about it um, and she was I worked at, at Payless at the time and she was an incredible manager she was one of the first managers I've ever had and I told her about it and she was extremely understanding. She told me like, you know, do you want us to file? I guess like they had a thing where you could file a, a, a claim that wouldn't let him ever come into any stores or anything like that. And I was like, no, like, I don't know like how I even feel about this right now. I was in such shock. Like this was something that wasn't supposed to happen and it did. And I didn't know how to, how to understand it. So that night I went over to a friend's house and told her about it and you know, cried a, a lot. <laughs> and, you know, the next day they convinced me to go to the doctor and go or to go to the police office. And so I went to the local police office in town the next day. Um, they did a bunch of tests and long story short, I started to, you know, take him like, I don't know, like press charges on him and uh it was supposed to be a really easy trial because we actually called him at some point we had him on record uh on a recorded phone and said like you know we we had him right there admit that he you know took advantage of me when I was clear that I said no um but even then they were going to take it to trial and then I was going to have to appear in court and do this whole thing and at that time you know I'm 
I was like 18 years old and I was trying to just like get through college. And I, I was at the point where I was like, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. I just want to move past it. You know, he went to jail for a week. He, he was there for a little, a week and then they couldn't hold him much longer. Um, and then I was like, well, I want to drop these charges because I, I just, like, I feel like he probably learned his lesson, hopefully, but either way, I just, I can't emotionally handle this anymore. And so that was the end of it. I dropped the charges and, you know, it was mostly just like a self-preservation thing. And kind of ever since I've just like not thought about it has been my strategy. Um, and I ended up getting really severe depression and insomnia and a bunch of stuff happened. So I ended up deciding to transfer to a different university. I went to Art Institute of Phoenix, which um, was extremely expensive and is now closed, but um, was probably the best thing that I could have ever done for myself because I, I also couldn't afford therapy anymore. I couldn't afford psychiatry and the therapy part really sucked because I found a therapist after what had happened and she was incredible. Um, but you know, $15 a session through the university and in real life, it's like 150 or something ridiculous. So, um, I had to cancel that. I canceled all my pills. I just stopped taking them and I felt immediately better with the new situation. I moved to Phoenix. I was living in Flagstaff, Arizona before. And yeah, so then things got much better and I started realizing, okay, I decided to major in fashion marketing. Um, I decided that, you know, I really liked the idea of the fashion industry because you could use clothing to really express yourself um, and how you feel and, you know, kind of bring the best parts of yourself out. Um, so I decided to go into that and then merge more into just the marketing landscape and decided that I liked doing that. And, you know, ultimately over a number of years over the last, like, I don't know, I guess it's been almost four years since I graduated. Um, I've really just been exploring, okay, like who, who do I want to help? And last year I went to a ladies get paid conference. And after hearing the stories of, of so many women talking about their struggles with, you know, being paid fairly and being treated fairly in the workplace and growing their businesses and seeing the stat of, like you said before, there are so many women owned businesses these days. I mean, people are, women are starting businesses like crazy right now. I think there's like I think the stat is like 1300 new women-owned businesses every day, which is insane. Um, and 88% of those women-owned businesses get less than $100,000 in revenue, which I just think is mind-blowing. Because if you compare that to the stat of, of men-owned businesses, it's just completely unbalanced. And it makes sense. Men have owned businesses since all of time, and women-owned businesses really started taking off basically since the last recession. Um, so... Anyway, that's kind of <laughs> a long story short, I guess, believe it or not, of, of what happened. Oh my God. I mean, this, this <laughs> could be literally a two hour conversation because we have so many similarities. You have no freaking idea. Like if mm -hmm. I were going to, when I was starting out, if I were going to give you my long story short, it absolutely started with me getting my heart broken and not that like I take full accountability. I'm not like, there's nothing, yeah. there's no like you know, I'm, there's no more blame on that person. I used to blame that person. It's not about them. Um, but it was that experience, um, and feeling super and feeling really unfairly treated. And, um, and there was one, like, I mean, there were a lot of things, but, but just your story, it makes me think of this one 
argument this one moment where um I was actually I was on the my college's rowing team at the time so I was like around all these super strong like physically empowered women and I remember that there there was kind of this drama between the men's and women's team and there was there was a, a big culture of sexual assault between the teams like like the men were just like super would brag about about having sex with somebody when she was drunk and like there was lots of it was pretty normal for someone to come clean about having been raped and and just never having said anything about it and the guy would be on the team and they'd be like practicing next to him for like you know i, I don't know it, like in our spandex okay. and stuff and that was like literally just the culture of this like super elite program and there's since been a lot of um, press and they're like they they're they're trying to turn it around but that was the reality when i was there and i remember um it was kind of two-sided like when i was breaking up with this person it was this like um uh it, it was all this tumult and and they because of that tension i i got to see like the really ugly perception of the women on my team as being super vanilla as not um not speaking up for themselves as being like really soft spoken and like not being validated as real athletes despite despite all of their accomplishments and then on the other side on the women's side, I saw that that no matter how much muscle you have that or like how many accomplishments, even if you're freaking going or have already gone to the Olympics, that doesn't mean that you actually know how to speak up for yourself. Um, and that, that like what might appear like a, like empowerment on the outside does not have anything to do with how empowered you actually feel on the inside. And so that that for me, that was like this uh, complete unlocking of what how I had tried to become an empowered woman myself. And then, and then I went, I started traveling and I actually like literally the exact same sexual assault story happened to me. I was asleep and woke up to this guy having sex with me and, um, and I didn't have, there was no, like, I knew it was just like my shame around it wasn't what happened. It was that I knew what to do because I was supposed to be an empowered woman and yet I didn't do any of it mm -hmm. and I was just kind of like I was I was dependent on this person to like get back to where I was to the town where I was staying and I didn't know public transportation or anything yeah. and it's just like like what you said with when you ultimately decided to drop the trial like people don't like these are such real stories like here here we are two women who have started our own businesses like we're we're successful we're from like we're from uh, like you know, the, like really the, the top one or 2% of the world. And yet there are still all these barriers that, or these things that come up in which we, we aren't supported or, or whatever it is in which we don't, we like have to live with this thing that, that, that are these structures that are happening. Right. Yeah. And like with the guilt that you're saying, that was huge for me too. And I honestly, I didn't want to take it to the police because I knew that was going to be a whole thing. And like I said, like the reason why I dropped the charges was I just did not want to deal with it. And there is so much guilt. You know, there were my, all my friends, like anyone who I told were like, why won't you just take this to the police? He needs to be convicted. Otherwise he's gonna, you know, he's gonna do this to more women. And, and it's, so it's all of a sudden it's on me to stop him from yeah taking advantage of other women and yeah. and you know I was so young I'm still I had no idea who I was as a person and I was like I what what the hell am I supposed to do right now with this mm -hmm. and everyone is telling me that I should do this but I just 
I just want to get through college. Like I am literally just focused on getting good grades, getting a really good education because I'm paying for this. I like, I don't want to deal with this right now. And, and so ultimately I'm glad I took it to the police and did as much as I did, because I think at the very least, based on what my detective told me anyways, he got a scare out of it. So I guess at least I did something, but then at the same time, like what, it's not fair that it should be on us to prevent the guy to, to not do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And, and I, I, I bet you that there's at least, there's going to be one or two listeners that are like, how the hell does this relate to branding? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> but it does. It does because yeah. like as an empowered woman or as someone who, who wants to be an empowered woman, you have this like, like these are our real life emotional experiences that we carry with us. And, and it ignites a fire in you. Like when you are, when you experience being sexual, any sort of, of a sexual rep- assault or or sexism like no matter how it comes up for you it doesn't have to be as severe as sexual assault no matter what even if it's just a stereotype or whatever it looks like for you when you are pigeonholed or or whatever that like whatever ism this is when when you are somebody that is pigeonholed into how you need to act and and look and and talk and be that that kind of pain can ignite this fire to go and solve that problem in the world And so it's so interesting that both you and I who experience like, like the shittiness that comes from needing to speak your own story when it like really sucks, that that we both then like created a mission to go help other women do the same. And, and it's a hundred percent related to, I mean, to me, it's, it's directly evident to what's happening in the economy. Cause if we have women who, who aren't making the money that they need to be making, then of course our like the, the girl effect of women who stereotypically give back more to their communities, like, like all of this stuff is, is it's like this completely untapped resource. And here we are waiting to be used, like waiting to exert our power and to help people and to really move forward together. Just like we talked about at the beginning of this call. And yet we're not making equal money even, or especially in entrepreneurship, because in entrepreneurship, it's reliant. It's like, there's no organization that, that is, can get sued if we don't get paid equally. Like it is a hundred percent dependent on our ability to communicate our worth. And when we can't do that because we've been socially conditioned not to, then we're never going to make the money. Yeah. Yeah. It is so true. It's, it's that definitely hundred, 110%. And I think it's also the empathy that you get when you see situations uh, of any kind. And the moment I see, you know, a woman telling her story about being, you know, mistreated and mistreated can mean anything from just like a comment to, you know, the, the worst of the worst. Um, anytime I see that, like my heart just, like falls apart and goes to her and that's something that I've been trying to work on because sometimes the empathy can get so real that it affects my day-to-day and I'm trying not to let it do that anymore um but you know there are times where I just see these things happening and I'm just like it's it's just not fair um and and so like at the ultimate level it's not like not just not fair because you know I'm 17 years old and I'm saying it's not fair um but it's not fair it's it's at its true essence and 
um, you know, there's no reason for it. And my last full-time position, I experienced the sexist remarks and not being valued. And, you know, my ideas were completely ignored, um, all of those things. So I think all of these experiences really lead to like that whole, you know, branding at its core is like, what is your purpose? What is your, you know, your vision and everything. And all of that relates to the experiences that I've had and my own story that I can, that I want to use to help women, you know, propel forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so, and, and that's why I get so hyped about, about specifically feminism in entrepreneurship because it's it's now that we have the power and the true autonomy to go make it happen but that that ability like that result is going to come when we focus back on these fundamental skills of how we represent ourselves and how we communicate why we're so good at what we do so let's bring that back to <laughs> how does how does what you do as a copywriter how is that part of your mission like on a, on a, on a personal empowerment level, how does that, how does that feed your purpose of empowering women? So as a writer, so I'm not just a copywriter. I do also write like fiction and I've always written. So ever since growing up, that has been my like creative outlet. Um, and in fact, I just published a book. So like I do lots of writing on the side. Um, so for me, it's all about like, you know, finding your voice it's it's really like not even just finding it it's finding it and and figuring out how best to use it to achieve your ambitions and that sounds super big picture dreamy but it's true I mean I think like a lot of what we've been talking about it's just been like the the core now and what we have everything that we have with social media and on websites and blogging and videography and photography and everything that we all have access to these days um unfortunately sometimes there are people who just are not great at using their voice and i want to help the right people the people that truly need to stand up use their voice to make a difference and make an impact in this world. So for example, one of my clients is is a jewelry brand who really, really is focusing on sustainability and making fast fashion turn into sustainable fashion. And that's something like that where, because I went to fashion school, like I, I understand how like messed up the fashion industry can be in terms of sustainability and, you know, the way workers are treated and everything I mean that's that's pretty much the same in a lot of industries um and what I'm able to do is help her you know figure out okay how do you best tell your story so that you can not just not just be like a jewelry company but instead you are like a face of of change and sometimes it doesn't even have to be that extreme because if you just have a great product and a great business and a great vision, then that need, that deserves to be just as famous as all the other Fortune 500 companies that are mostly men. So, mm. like, it doesn't oh, have to be a so feminist. Change. I love it. Yeah, I know. It doesn't <laughs> have to be a social change. I mean, it's great if it is, but it doesn't have to be. It just has to be a great business and a great idea. And you shouldn't have to work harder or prove yourself even more than men do just because you're a woman and Mm -hmm. that's 
that's the core. <laughs> I love it. At. Yes, and I, I feel like we're doing a pretty good job of bringing this home and like combining the things because, um, because you're like you're you're getting at that everybody has a story and that if you're a business owner or if you're some kind of entrepreneur then, then we got a ninety nine point nine percent chance, especially if you're a woman. Sorry, but especially if you are, um, that you started your business from from a dream, from a place of purpose, from from wanting to help people. Um, even if it is like quote unquote just a jewelry business or something that appears surface level. Like I'm guessing that there's something underneath that of you love to make people feel beautiful or you love to make people feel worthy. And so, so like, it's not about being inauthentic and selling to, to be a car salesman. It's about getting to the root of your story, your truth, so that both you can step into the fullness of, of like the, to realize who you're meant to be, but also so that your business can expand. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. So true. So can you tell us about the thing that you're launching right now and how you're doing all of this to help women grow their businesses? Yes. So the one challenge that I've come across, well, there's a lot, but the one of the main challenges that I came across, I should say, is that, you know, my passion really lies in, in female-led businesses and female-founded businesses um, and startups, especially small businesses. Um, but being one myself, I know that the budget is really, really hard to dig up. And a lot of that is because a lot of us are starting from the same place because that going back to this whole statistic of like the last 10 years where women on businesses have really blown up because they're so new, you know, they just don't have the time or the roots to really get, you know, much of a marketing budget. And so a lot of the businesses that I truly want to help can't afford my services and I can't afford to to lower a lot of the cost because you know it's just the cost of living and and I know what I'm worth and all of that stuff um so my kind of solution outside of you know doing workshops and webinars and things like that I wanted some way that's kind of in between the whole do-it-yourself method of figuring out okay like what First of all, like, what is brand storytelling? Why is this a thing? Why do I keep seeing this everywhere? Um, how, like, how do I figure out what my brand story is or what, what the brand story is that will take my customer on a journey? And how do I tell that story across what I already have on my website, my social media, all my blog, all of those things. Um, so my like solution is I've created this brand story starter kit that I'm working on at the moment. And it, basically includes a couple of ebooks that walk you through the entire process and um I think it's like three worksheets and some templates and essentially what I designed this to be is a lower cost solution to um the middle ground of the do-it-yourself method of just googling it and seeing what happens and getting a ton of different kinds of advice and some of it might be right some of it might be wrong to actually hiring a full-time professional to do it for you, which can be pretty expensive. So if you are just establishing your brand or um, trying to fi- or trying to figure out how to scale, but don't quite have the money to hire a full-time or even a contract um, marketing person, then this is meant to be kind of that middle ground solution uh, that'll help you get on the right path. And when you are ready, at least you have all of the foundation in place to work with a professional. So it should save you money in the long run. Mm -hmm. 
I love it so much. And people go use it, go buy it because this seriously is the missing link between where you are and where you want to be. Like if you cannot express with soul why people need your product or whatever it is, if you can't create an emotional bond with your ideal customers, then obviously they're not going to buy. If you're, if you feel confused as to why people aren't buying at the rate that, that you want them to, if you know that you have people to serve and they're not, they're not getting the bait, then Obviously the missing link is to connect with them and be a human and use your story in a way that also makes your product look sexy and they want to have it. So go do that. It's pretty clear because sales like this really is a sell or be sold world and we need to shift the economy so that more people who are good people and who are working, whose mission is to empower others have more power because then we will just move forward faster together and that's how it works. <laughs> exactly. So, I'm making it simple. Go do it. <laughs> Ashley, is there anything else that you would like to leave or or how about how about one like to the person, to the woman who is currently struggling to express why she's so good at what she does and um and why her business is worthy of compensation? What's what's one or two tips that you would give her? It all starts with the whole reason why you get up every single morning to do this. Um, why did you start your business in the first place? Because that that is the that's what's going to feed you, um, and that's what's going to feed that answer. So, if you are stuck in maybe you're stuck in that imposter syndrome trap, and I know because I'm there almost every single day, <laughs> so I know it all too well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, is, wait, one, one thing about the yes. imposter syndrome, every time you're in it, ask yourself the question, what would a man do? So good. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I love it. Damn it. Okay, sorry, keep going. Um, yeah, so do that. Um, but yeah, every time you are in that trap, also just like remind yourself, if you're thinking about quitting, if you're thinking about giving up, know A, that you're not alone, because I think about quitting almost every single day um and actually I just listened to a podcast uh earlier this week um from Seth Godin who it's amazing it's startup school it's old but it's great um and he talks about like being on the edge of failure is what makes humans feel alive so when you are feeling like you are gonna give up and you're gonna fail remember like no I am just alive I'm a human right now and um that has helped me um so do all of that but also just you know, remember the whole reason why you started this business. And if you have that purpose clear, and you have that vision clear, then that's the whole reason why you should get paid. If not, then that's why you should download or buy the story kit because we'll help you figure that out. <laughs> um, and I'm not just saying that just to sell, but it's so true. Like I would not, I would have given up a month after I started and I, and I didn't have clients and I would have given up this week and, you know, if I didn't have that clear vision of I'm here to help women owned businesses succeed. And that is why I should get paid. Um, and also like have an I am awesome list is something that people keep telling me to do. Um, and so I'm telling you to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just re realize that if you didn't have imposter syndrome, then I don't know, you're like the guys at fire festival and no one wants to be like those guys. So <laughs> You're a weirdo. Get out. Yeah. Um, so if you have imposter syndrome, congratulations. You're normal. You're great. You're <laughs> it. Don't let it stop you. Yeah. Tell yourself that you are wrong. 
in this particular situation <laughs> and just keep going mm-hmm. um, because you have a voice and you have a mission and it deserves to succeed if you truly believe in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So that was such a beautiful wrap up. <laughs> we just went on like quite a journey. Yeah, I just want to thank you for obviously for coming on the podcast and for sharing your story, but, but like on a bigger scale than that, thank you for turning your pain into a really beautiful mission and for being open to share it. Cause I'm sure that that is going to hit strike a chord with some people that are listening and more, more and more women and men that you encounter as you are like sharing your brand and being bold, boldly yourself. So yeah. thank you. And I have to say too, like men can be awesome. I like I have a partner who's fully supportive of me and everything I do. And, um, I mean, I like just men don't suck. So yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's so easy to think like, Oh my God, like men are terrible because we can get stuck in this trap of ranting about the situations that happen. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are some terrible people, um, out there, but I mean, I, I am so lucky that I have somebody who supports me and everything that I do. And I know there are some incredible allies out there. So mm-hmm. if there are some men allies listening, I, I love you. And (laughs) keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And also for the women who like, like the, you know, of course there's still people who are uncomfortable with words like feminism, you guys, it's just like it's feminism and the divine feminine. It's about all of us being equal. So, so like, we'll just, we'll just keep saying that just to remind everybody, everybody's welcome. We're just talking about, yeah, just the power dynamics at play. It's nobody in particular, nobody's bad or evil or anything. We're just, we're just sharing some truth. So Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to end there. Thank you so much. And hopefully we will get a, like, we're going to get a chapter two at some point. You'll come back. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank All right, people go download, go download her awesome guide and go follow her. Where can, where's, what's your handle? Where can they follow you? It's, um, most of yeah, they're hero Anna, which is hero and then a N a, and then a low, uh, an underscore. So hero Anna was taken. So <laughs> hero Anna underscore. The real life. Um, yeah on yeah on everything so instagram twitter facebook uh the website has all the links you can just go to heroina.com and figure it all out okay awesome well thank you so much yeah thank you